I am so excited about Organifi Glow. It's a delicious raspberry lemonade blend that hydrates the skin, moisturizes, and supports your body's natural collagen production and elasticity. Your best complexion starts on the inside. Drink this vegan superfood blend daily to help promote a radiant, refreshed look. Plus, it's rich in antioxidants to fight wrinkle-causing free radicals. Organifi has a ton of delicious Organifi blends you can try. Just add to water, stir with a spoon, and enjoy any time for more energy, nutrition, hormone balance, and peace of mind. They're a great way to jumpstart your morning, energize your afternoon, or nourish your evening in a healthy way without all the sugar. And the best part is that you can experience Organifi's high-quality superfoods without breaking the bank with a price that works out to less than $3 a day. Head over to www.organifi.com slash best of you and use code best of you for 20% off your entire order. That's www.organifi.com slash best of you. Hey everyone, I'm Dr. Allison and I'm so glad you're here to discover what brings out the best of you. This podcast is all about breaking free from painful patterns, mending the past, and discovering our true selves in God. I can't wait to get started as we learn together how to become the best version of who we are with God's help. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Best of You podcast. I'm so glad you're here, and I am so excited for this new series, Friends on Friendship. If you have questions about friendship during this series, check out the Best of You question doc. We'll link to it in the show notes. I am going to devote the last episode of this series to answering a few of your questions. So I want to know what questions you have about friendship, about making new friends, about drawing new boundary lines in older friendships, how to sustain friendships over time. Whatever your questions are, let me know. I'm going to devote the last episode in this series to responding to your questions. So find that doc in the show notes, the best of you question doc. It's also on my website, drallisoncook.com. So check the episode show notes for that link. And listen, if you want to check out all the past series that we've done, you can go to our page on YouTube. It's on YouTube at Best of You Podcast. That's where you find it. So go to YouTube backslash at Best of You Podcast, and you'll see we've set up playlists for each series. So if you want to check out, for example, the series we did on psychology buzzwords, where we covered narcissism and gaslighting and some of the buzzwords, or if you want to check out the series we did on boundaries for your soul, which is the Christian adaptation of internal family systems, you can find all of those series over there on YouTube. It's a quick way to find a whole cluster of episodes that you might want to go back and listen to. All right, so in last week's episode, Kurt Thompson talked about confessional communities. These are these intentional groups of just a few individuals who commit to a structured way of meeting together regularly in an intentional way. The goal is to go deep, right, where you really find a place to be seen and heard and known by other people who can really enter into life with you. And you can learn more about those groups over at Kurt's website, thecbk.org. We'll link to that in the show notes. So for today's episode, I wanted to talk to a new friend of mine and someone you all know very well, who's been a part of one of these intentional friendship communities where she has learned to take existing friendships and go even deeper. She's going to talk to us today about her experience being in an intentional friend group and how it's changed her experience of friendship. There's so much to unpack in this episode, and I'm so thrilled to bring you my conversation today with Jenny Allen. Jenny is a Bible teacher. She's an author. She's the founder and visionary of The If Gathering, and she's the New York Times bestselling author of the book, Find Your People, Building Deep Community in a Lonely World. I'm so excited to bring you this conversation today on friendship with Jenny Allen. Thank you so much for being with us today, Jenny. So good to see you. It's so good to be here, Allison. Thank you for having me. It's so good to be with you. I I loved being at the IF Gathering this year, and I, I saw you just doing such an amazing job managing that event 
traversing that landscape of seeing, you know, your friends, <laughs> of being in charge of the whole thing. And I, I was, it was just really neat to get to be there with you. So thanks for having me. It's great to be here. I'm glad yeah. you were there too. That was fun to have you. Everybody was happy you yeah. were there. It was a I hope real... you didn't get stuck in corners getting, you know, free counseling for having to give free counseling to people. <laughs> No, it was it was a really powerful event. I actually took some time. I there was a lot of withness in it that was beautiful. And then I would take some time and I went up and I sat at the back of that beautiful church. We don't have churches like that where I'm here in Boston, you know. So that whole right. church was just so beautiful. And I'd go sit up by myself in the back to just try to take the whole thing in. It was really powerful. The whole, just the whole experience of it. So we're in a series right now on friendship. And we are just coming at it from all different angles. Last week, we had our mutual friend, Kurt Thompson, on talking a little bit about friendship in his own life. We actually had a couple of his friends come on and join us. Cute. Yeah. It was oh, I so, can't wait to hear that. It was hysterical. They just gave him, basically, they just gave him a hard time the whole time. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Oh, that's so great. It was really fun because he talks so much and he teaches so much, but I also just, it was fun to get that little window into well, I will be listening and sharing that for sure with people. Yeah. And he talked to us a little bit about intentional friendship and what he calls these confessional communities. And so I wanted to have you on because number one, you wrote a book on friendship, but number two, I know that you're a part of one of those confessional communities. And I was so interested as I've read your books and as I've learned about these confessional communities and I'm kind of piecing together dots as I try to get to know who you are as a person, you write in Find Your People about how being vulnerable with other people is a little bit hard for you, right? And then I know that in these past couple of years, you've been a part of one of these confessional communities. So I'm so curious kind of how that's worked for you. So to start off, tell us a little bit about the confessional community and what that's been like for you. Sure. So yeah, you definitely are sensing the correct tension because when I wrote Find Your People, I was not yet in the confessional community that came shortly after I wrote it, but before I believe I released the book. So it has been a crazy two years with them. We have, we have grown deeply together. And it, in fact, the book I'm about to be finished with right now, writing largely will come out of that group and what I've learned with them together. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of what I've learned from Dr. Thompson too, which I never call him that, but it feels <laughs> appropriate when he's, when I'm talking about him as my teacher and, you know, counselor, it feels yeah. To call him that, I can but, only imagine you know, his he's face. Heard to all of us, he he's the boy, the lone boy in our group, and mm -hmm. he has just been such a phenomenal leader at pressing really that issue into my life. Of this is not an optional way to live. You have to be one in touch with what you are feeling, and two, seen, known, loved in those places in your life, not just as a human over dinner. Yeah. That you have some people to hang out with, but that you actually share with them these parts that you're scared to say out loud, that you're scared to even admit to yourself. And so he laughs at me a lot. He laughs at me a lot because I think he just sees me trying so hard, but also very resistant in that process because it isn't natural. I grew up in a Midwestern, you know, my mother was Midwestern and my father had grown up in the military. So military brat, dad, Midwestern mom, there weren't a lot of feelings in our house. In fact, I was just with my parents this weekend and I was asking him questions because the book I'm working on now is about our emotions and about feeling our feelings. And, and so I asked him, I said, did I, am I right that I didn't have a lot of emotion as a kid? They were like, no, you never had emotion. You're right. You didn't have a lot of emotion. Like you, you kind of were a really thoughtful kid. You were always thinking and daydreaming and probably creating in my mind is what I remember as a kid and processing everything in great detail, but not feeling a lot of emotions. And I just don't think they were modeled for me. So then, you know, you meet Kurt Thompson, who's all about feeling your feelings. And he presses you into a group of people that are very emotional mm -hmm. and longing to hear all my, my feelings. And so I was stuck. Like I didn't have an option. If I was going to be in this group, I had to show up in that way. And it mm -hmm. was, it was scary. And it's hysterical because by that point I'd already written the book. So I knew I would say I had a steely focus about it. I wanted to do it, but it wasn't easy. It still wasn't easy. That's a great way to say it. I had a steely focus. I was going to be vulnerable by golly. <laughs> Dang it. I'm going to do it. And I mean, that's kind of how I am. And, and yeah. in this book, I wrote that story of just 
this is, I'm going to show up and I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to win it. You know, (laughs) I'm going to win it. I'm going to be so vulnerable. And I would say that has served me really well of treating it as something to be Mm. intentional with, to choose to do it. I think we wait sometimes to feel like sharing or to feel like Mm -hmm. being known or to feel safe enough that we can say everything. Mm-hmm. And and that's not how it goes. I mean, I honestly, the first time I really shared my story with them, I got really mad at them. And I had mm-hmm. my feelings hurt because the way they responded really hurt me. Mm-hmm. That's the first time I ever let down my guard and really did, you know, did the work with them. But what Dr. Thompson saw and knew was, Jenny, what are you feeling right now? And he could tell I was not happy with how they'd responded. And at that moment, I had a choice. I had to decide, am I going to say what I really feel, which is that I'm mad and hurt, mm-hmm. or am I going to act like it was okay? Because that that's typically how we all function in life. And I think that moment was a big turning point for me. I love that. I want to circle back to that. You said a couple of things. One, about structuring. I, I, I look at it a lot as structuring your support. And I'm a big believer in that, especially for women where a lot of my listeners, I relate to this, Jenny. It's I'm not the friend that will pick up the phone and be like, I'm having a hard time. I think there are some folks who do that. That is not me. So I have to have it on the calendar. And I I tell people this, I have to have it on the calendar. I have to have it scheduled (laughs) because I will meet a schedule. I will show up for an appointment, whether it's with a friend or whatever. And then when they say, how are you? It forces me to practice that discipline. So that's a little bit of what I hear, what you're saying that, and I think for everybody, that's really important. What's interesting to me is it almost sounds like you're saying, and again, I'm kind of piecing this together from, you're someone who pours out. You're not someone who would ever, and you talk about this and find your people too. I hear you talk about you are the person, you will open up your door if someone else were to call you in the middle of the night. But for you to be the one to show up with your need is far more challenging, far more difficult. And and frankly, it sounds like far more vulnerable. There's a reason there's that protective up. It's you want to be handled correctly. It's hurtful if someone doesn't get you or doesn't quite understand what you're saying or projects on you. That doesn't go over very well. That's hard. That's painful. It's not because you don't want that. It's because you almost, it's almost like you need them to get it right or it's going to be too hard. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. I I think one of my greatest fears, and it certainly happened many, many times in all of our lives, is being misunderstood. And that was something I really had to die to, to be able to do community in a deep way. I, I couldn't do what God was calling me to do. And that be my primary goal because it's not going to always happen. And there's going to be certainly misunderstandings in general, in any relationship that we have. And so well, I think part of what Kurt does with the cohort that is, I think everyone can do if they just do the work and choose to do it, is he really has us deal with not just what's going on inside of us, but what's happening in the room. Mm-hmm. So in that moment with me, when I was recoiling and he's giving me a chance to say what I felt, we began a conversation that was very different than the one we were having, which was about my soul. It was about my being. Yeah. It moved to about our relationships. And and that's the place that we rarely move in relationships because if we move there, there's more at stake. It could really escalate. It could mm-hmm. get worse. If you say you just hurt me, mm-hmm. now we're one, you're already hurt. Now you're now you're even being more vulnerable. You're going deeper in and you're saying what you just did really hurt me. And you're entrusting them with something sacred because now they have the chance to hurt you more. So why do that apart from this is how it was supposed to be. When you look at the scriptures, when you look at the one another verses and you look at the mourn with those who mourn, you are to confess sin to one another. You are to admonish one another. That's a really pretty word. That's not fun to live out. When you, when you really look at these verses to bear with one another, these are messy practices. These are saying things like, I will entrust you with that misunderstanding and that fear. Mm-hmm. I will bear with you with your difficulty and not leave the room. Mm-hmm. I will call out the thing that I see that is hurting me. And, and you might run. It's, it's making choices that are not easy. And yeah. 
And that's all through scripture. So this is how it's, it's supposed to be messy. A lot of what I talk about in Find Your People is this village mentality of this is how every generation has lived prior to the Industrial Revolution. Until the Industrial Revolution, every generation on earth lived in a village. And even now, 80% of the world lives in villages. So this is the way it really was built for us on earth to be. Like we we need each other. And so you have agricultural needs, you have protection needs, you have um, schooling and educational needs that that define a village. And that usually was about 150 people tops, many times smaller. And then a new village would, would form because those needs would become too big for that village and, and a new village would start. But you'd rarely leave your you know, within 20 miles, you'd never even travel further than that. So people had to work out their stuff. You're stuck. (laughs) You got to figure it out. You're going to live together for your whole life. And we don't have that problem anymore. We can quit people like that. We can walk away from anything that's hard. And, and I think that commitment to stay and the commitment to choose each other again and again, in spite of the mess, in fact, because of the mess, I think that's what the cohort has taught me more than anything is they aren't afraid of my hurt or fear or anger or of my insecurity or the thing that I'm saying that definitely doesn't look as good as Instagram looks, you know, mm-hmm. that they're, they're in. And it just feels, mm-hmm. you know, that one of the lines we say a lot to each other is we're not leaving the room. We're just not going to leave the room. So, you know, that, that really turns into pretty deep, safe work because when you don't leave the room and you're talking about the deepest parts of yourself and the hardest parts, you actually can start to take ground. But we miss that part because we're afraid of it. It's so frustrating to check a label only to find all sorts of hidden sugars, especially when it's vitamins for your kids. Haya vitamins are made with zero sugar and zero gummy junk, yet they taste great and are perfect for picky eaters. Formulated with the help of nutritional experts, Haya is pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and veggies, then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals, including D, B12, C, zinc, folate, and many others to help support immunity, energy, brain function, mood, concentration, teeth, bones, and more. Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door so parents have one less thing to worry about. The bright yellow bottle, complete with stickers and great taste, makes taking vitamins fun for kids of all ages. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com slash best of you. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash best of you and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. A recent survey found that 7 in 10 parents get an average of just 3 hours of sleep a night in their baby's first year. Moms, you deserve to have quality sleep, and I know one thing that will help. It's Cozy Earth. You can discover the secret to better sleep with Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding products. And here's an exclusive Mother's Day offer just for our listeners. Use code BESTOFYOU for 35% off at CozyEarth.com. Cozy Earth bedding products are crafted with temperature-regulating technology that adapts to your body's needs through all phases of motherhood. And they use only the very best fabrics, materials, and weaves, offering superior softness that invites you to sink into a world of comfort. The best part is Cozy Earth stands by the quality and longevity of their products. Enjoy a 100-night sleep trial and a 10-year warranty on all purchases. They're built to last through the hardest days and the longest nights. Treat yourself to ultimate comfort with Cozy Earth bedding and sleepwear and prioritize your self-care and sleep health. Head over to CozyEarth.com and use promo code BESTOFYOU for an exclusive 35% off. The luxury she deserves, Cozy Earth. What did friendship look like for you before this, even back like in your 20s, your young mom? What did you think of friendship back then? I actually had it. Uh, I actually was very vulnerable. I remember when my husband's best friend met me, he told my husband, I think I met your wife. And the thing he said about me is she wears her heart on her sleeve. Mm. And I, I was that girl. I was the girl that was safe. And I, I wanted to be close to people. I shared everything. They shared it with me. I look back at my relationships prior to a season. I'll tell you where it changed, but but that girl was as vulnerable and passionate and safe as she could be. Mm. And then nobody will be surprised by this. It was it was being a pastor's wife, and I 
all of a sudden, many of the things I would share would be used against me and would be spread to other people. And I just learned there's very few people I can trust. And in that way, I think all of us probably hit that point in our life at some point, sometimes sadly, very young. And I just kind of closed up and and not that I never opened up to anybody, but I was just so careful and it was easier to just help other people. And so we walked through a really dark season around 2014 where every part of our lives was caving in every single part. And I, I look back at that and I think one of the reasons it was so hard is because I didn't tell people Zach was pastoring. I didn't know how to tell people. And it wasn't one thing. It was every part of our lives. And so it was, I look back at that and I feel so sorry for mm-hmm. her. I feel mm-hmm. so sorry for her because she was doing everything she could to keep her family intact and and take care of a new child that we had home from, a, you know, at four years old from Rwanda. I mean, it was just too much. And and I didn't know how to ask for help at that point. And I think that we all go through those seasons where for some reason we decide we can't trust people. Yeah, I hear it so often. It just everything you're saying, I'm like, yep. You know, every woman who comes through my practice, there's this similar theme of some point in time where it was just and, and when you said pastor's wife, I just thought, oh gosh, have I heard you know, when when there's this a group again, that village, when that village of which you're a part, whether it's a church or whatever it is, whatever village, you know, you're where you get hurt and it is too painful. And I love what you said. It was so true and so powerful. What we do is we just hide. We hide our own pain and focus on helping others. This is everything, you know, I everything I do when I'm working with women, we we hide behind that mask of I'll just help others, which works for a while, but until you just can't do it anymore and you need help. And so I appreciate so much you're sharing that. What did you do? How did you change that? How did you come out from underneath that? Well, I still am, candidly. And I, I really believe, you know, one thing that I write a lot about in Find Your People is, is the great friends God gave me in the last season of my life. And it wasn't just the cohort, but before that, it was a few friends here. And one of them is named Lindsay, and she just would not have it. I mean, it, we could not be together for two hours and her share about her life and I not share about mine. She was going to pull it out of me. And she would not settle to hear that everything was fine, right? She was going to fight for what was really there. And I think having someone that really saw me that that wasn't going to settle for that was certainly helpful and the precursor to that. And I know not everybody has that. To some degree, we all have to choose and be that person if we want it in our lives. There's very few Lindsay's in the world. There's very few people that will pursue you that ferociously because she really did. And and I'm grateful for that because I I really needed that in that moment in my life mm-hmm. because I had felt so unsafe and and that helped me. But I do think at some point it had to become a choice and I had to just start to be honest with myself. And candidly, when I first started telling them about the hard parts of my life, it just felt like complaining. I really didn't see anything positive that could come from it. It just felt like I'm going to vent to you and you're going to walk home and do your bit and I don't see the purpose. I do not feel that way at all anymore today. I mean, years later now, I I see that all the things that you are feeling that you're not allowing to surface and to be known and in in community with other people, all of it's there. Like you can say you're fine, but you're not fine. (laughs) It's all sitting right there. And so just learning the power and the freedom that comes from just, yeah, getting it out. And, and sometimes that doesn't go well. And I've learned that's okay too. Part of the joy for me and the freedom for me is just to say it, to not hold it in. And I can even handle it being misunderstood now and, and it hurting because the value to me has gone so far up that I, I don't want, I don't want to miss it because a few people can't handle it or or handle it wrongly. Yeah, that's part of the fruit. As you learn how to let people in and you find a couple of safe people where it goes well, you build that tolerance, you build the reserve for the times when it doesn't go well. The thing about venting that's so interesting, as you find safety, it's not venting. It's a quality you have to experience. It's a quality until you know it, but I want to name it for folks who were listening 
When you vent to someone and it's the unhealthy kind of venting, they join with you in it and it just goes a negative spiral down. They're joining you going, yeah, you know, and we're, and we're becoming, you know, we, I call it, we become common enemies. We hate the same things. That is, that is not, it's not good for your nervous system. It's not good for your mind. What you're talking about, and it's so true, is when you unload and you say, this is what I'm really feeling in that safe place with that person who says, I'm with you. I hear you. I see you. There's no judgment. There's no shame. I'm with you. I'm not going to try to fix you or solve it for you necessarily. I'm also not going to join with you and go down the negativity. There's this way in which when you're witnessed in that way, and then you do that for another friend, that all that stuff is released and it creates a virtuous cycle, a cycle of positivity where we both feel better. We have better creativity. We know better. Our nervous system is more in that calm, clear state where we actually make wiser decisions. It does descend. And we, we can experience that too sometimes. And now you know the difference, right? You, you're like, oh, wait a minute. I just shared and that person wanted to go all the way negative with me. That's not actually what's helpful to me. I'll scale it back next time with that person. But I know what it feels like when it's life giving. And some of that's trial and error. That's what you mean by messy. Some of that is figuring it out. And then as you have those positive experiences, you build those reserves, you build that muscle that says, okay, I understand the the wisdom. Really, it's the beginning of wisdom that only comes through checking it out. I want to pause on, you talked about how Lindsay, a friend came into your life and pursued you and kind of taught you that. And now you can look back and go, that's what was happening. Sometimes when women come to me and they're really stuck and they're in it, I will say, you, you might need to reach out to a professional to get support, you might whether that's a therapist, whether that's a spiritual director, whether that's a pastor, um, where you are getting that back to baseline enough so that you have that tolerance to do the messy work of trying to find friends. I don't view therapy as a replacement for friendship, and sometimes I think that can happen. I was just curious. I I wanted to ask you about that because I there's two things going on. I'm a big believer in structuring your support having those professionals as you need them, especially if you're working to build up your friendship muscle because it takes time and it's messy. Um, And also for other things in life, you know, it's just healthy to have those. And I also get concerned because I think, and I'm saying this as a therapist, I, I heard about this. I said, you know, really our job is to work ourselves out of jobs in a way because the more people are in these really intentional communities the less they need us. We're just sort of the stopgap, right? Trying to get people back into healthy communities, right? That's where the joy is. That's what God wants, right? Um, Our job is to have you all need less of us. That being said, we need the experts. We need that safe place that therapy provides, that other disciplines provide. And But really what we need is to find our way into these healthy Friendship. So I think there's a tension there. I'm just curious your experience with that. Have you at times needed to go outside of the friendship group to get yourself to a place where you could? Do you resonate with what I'm saying? Does that make sense to you? I guess. Yeah. You know what it makes me think of is when we're children and how much we are learning about relationships and how much we are learning about how to conflict and how to, you know, make a friend and how to ask for help and how to be needy and not too needy. And all those things are really supposed to be learned in a really healthy family structure, which I know is I'm preaching literally to the person who writes the books about this, but how many people, I mean, I, I more speak from a place of ministry similar to you in a way, because they, they certainly Lots of people are talking to me as if I'm a counselor, right? They're coming to me with their problems. And so I'm getting insight and glimpses into so many people's lives. And I would just say how I discern that for someone else is when I see that there is a big breakdown from childhood or a big breakdown in life where it's like that what you do is you pay for a friend. You pay for someone to help you learn to do those things that you didn't really learn in in childhood, Mm -hmm. right? And so it's, it's hard. And it's sometimes it's it's so sad because the number of emails I get and the number of conversations I have with people who just will say, I've tried 15 people. I've done this 12 times. They have given their life to trying to find deep community and they just can't. And that to me is when you need to go, okay, maybe, and it's not even something to 
be frustrated with yourself about yeah. because that's not your fault. Like the fact that you really didn't, it's not easy to be a friend or, or it seems to be that it's not being received by other people. It's probably a breakdown in just your own experience that you haven't gotten to learn and mature in ways that maybe other people have. Yeah. And so again, you're so good about this of just the compassion to have for that part of yourself that they didn't learn that and then to choose to learn it. Right. And so for me, I would say I was blessed with a pretty healthy family. Certainly like everyone, we had some pretty big breakdowns in our family that, that I've had to work through and, but that is a gift in itself, right? Like I, I always Mm -hmm. tell my dad, like he's hard on himself because I write sometimes about him and he's like, gosh, I feel like the bad guy in your stories. And I was like, no, 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 dad, you, you are actually the one everybody relates to because you didn't parent perfectly. Right. And you left room for me to need God and to have to find my own way in a Mm -hmm. lot of places. And we're really healthy and good today. And so I think we've just got to go, okay, we all have been given a different set of circumstances. And that's why I love counseling so much because the it, it helps close the gap where maybe you feel a maturity lack in an area. I'm watching this with my kids right now. And it just helps, it helps close that gap to where you don't feel confused when yeah. emotional things are happening in the room and, and you don't know what to say and you don't know how to handle them. Yeah. If that's you, I would just say there's probably a little emotional maturity gap. It's not, that's just somewhere you missed that class. Emotional regulation is a skill you have to learn. And if you didn't learn it, you got to learn it. And a lot of times you might need to learn it before you can be successful at it in a friendship. And in my experience, unlearn some things too, right? Learn some things and unlearn some things. And and I'm watching it. It's really fascinating to see your kids do therapy. I mean, it's terrifying, right? You're like, and we always joked, (laughs) we're saving money for therapy. Like you. And when they got old enough, almost every one of them has taken us up on it. And I I love that. And they come home and they tell me what they're learning. And it's like watching someone um, feel a lot of feelings move to someone who can articulate why, what they are, Mm -hmm. what they need. It is so beautiful. And it really does bring maturity. So Mm -hmm. that has been a big part of my story. But I hope it's a part of everybody's story. I'm known for writing about podcasting about this line right here, every person needs a counselor. I really believe that. And I think it can come just like you said, in many forms, but we all need someone to help us see the things in an honest way that we may not see about ourselves Mm -hmm. and to help us see what we're missing because no one has arrived on the scene of perfect emotional health or relational health or spiritual health. So we all need voices to help garner that out of us. And so sometimes it might be a mentor and not a paid therapist, but I think for a lot of people these days with the mental health crisis and where we are, I think sometimes, many times it needs to be a paid therapist. I love how I'm the therapist saying, we really need friends and you're the ministry leader <laughs> going, everyone needs, and, and, and this therapist. is one of the things that struck me at the IF gathering when I was there. It's the first time I've been to one live and uh, other than being from a part of the country where it's like, the whole thing was just like, this doesn't, how does this exist? You know, just this number of people and, you know, just, just a totally different kind of experience of gathering um, here in New England, but it was the way the body of Christ works together. And so I was sitting there and one of the things, and this is Jenny, I think being a, in ministry, being a therapist, there are real overlaps in the sense that as a therapist, when I'm at something, people see me as a therapist and I'm just a woman. I'm just a woman who's feeling shy, who's feeling awkward, who's like, I don't know how to connect to people. I have this huge protective ability because I can just make it all about you. And that's how I will cope. But really, that's just a cover for I don't know what to do in this group of women, right? Any more than, you know, what we were talking about when you're the pastor's wife and it's just easier to be the one pouring out to everybody else than acknowledging, I don't trust anybody here, you know, that kind of thing. So anyway, I was sitting there going, how do I, you know, I was wrestling with all of that. And there was this amazing moment where all of these women came forward. It was unbelievable. It was this beautiful moment. All of these women came forward to have an encounter with God, with Jesus, and it was amazing. And there was, and the therapist part of me clicked in and I was like, this is amazing. And I thought, how are we going to get all these people counseling? Because when we, and you and I both know this so well throughout, you know, the course of being on planet earth for a few decades that we have these amazing, and I've been through it myself and I've been through it with so many people. We have this amazing encounter with Jesus. We come to know him, we come to love him. 
And then I just know all too well, I'm like, oh gosh, all that stuff we have to unlearn, all that baggage, all that pain. Then we go into churches. Churches are filled with messy people. And so much of how I see my work is to kind of keep people going, keep people going in that process. I was just talking to John Mark Comer about this, where you know we're supposed to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Salvation can also be translated as wholeness, as healing. We have to work out our healing. It's not a one-time event. It's an ongoing process of working it out. And so that's what I see in that moment. And I was just struck with the body of Christ. I was like, oh, I can't do what Jenny does. I can't gather these, I mean, this gift that you have to gather these millions of women and to reach them with the gospel. Um, but I do know what I can do. And that is I can get busy and keep putting out resources to help folks keep walking in community. We're all doing the same thing. We're just looking at it from different angles. So that's a little bit of a segue, but I love that. And I just wanted to name that. That was a really beautiful moment for me because we can feel siloed from each other. There's folks in church ministry, there's folks pastoring, there's therapists, when we're really all about pouring into the body of Christ. That's what we're all trying to do from different angles. Let me say something about that, because when you were saying that, you know, even my life can feel siloed. I can yeah. feel, like, well, why am I, I'm gathering, we're now working on a gathering that's different from if gathering, and it's costing me a lot of time and energy. And yesterday in the middle of a meeting about it, they looked at me and said, well, what is your new book about it? Is it, is it about this? And I was like, no, it's about emotional health. And 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 I started kind of spiraling of, am I, what am I doing? And immediately though, my brain went, no, I'm doing the same thing. What you said about emotionally healthy people and it being messy, ultimately we're all doing the same thing, whatever we're doing. We're trying our best to feel our way to God together, right? That's yes. what we're, and we're trying to go home. I mean, anyone that believes in heaven and Jesus and, and the story of the Bible, then we know that this life is short and that everything we do in it is meant to matter, not because in its essence, it's spiritual, but because everything matters because yeah. it's all going home to heaven. And so when I look at like Pilgrim's Progress, which is one of my favorite yeah. parables of, of what we're talking about, you know, the guy becomes a Christian early on and he just falls into the pit of despondency and the castle of doubt and the, gets attracted to all the addiction stuff. It, um, Vanity Fair. And so you just see all these moments where you're going, come on, dude, like get it together. But then you look at your neighbor and you're like, come on, dude, get it together. And then they look at you and they're like, <laughs> oh, Jenny, get it together. You know? So I think it's just rather than viewing life, I've just learned rather than that being my mentality of like, let's just get it together. If just like, well, let's just pilgrim well together. Like let's, yeah. Let's progress well together. Let's just yeah. get on the road together with all of the people in the pit and me in the doubt castle and yeah. someone that I love addicted. Like, let's just crawl our way to each other and crawl our way to God. And I think that is different than what we think it should be, which is like running perfectly yes. a straight line in life, yes. with no problems and straight to Jesus. As if that would help anyone. Give exactly. me a break. Nobody even wants to hear that story. That's not even a good story. More yeah. or less someone that you would even like. We like the people that have struggled, that are struggling. We are drawn to the people that are vulnerable and admit their weakness. I always think of Jennifer Lawrence because she's a real likable actor and actress. And when she falls, I mean, it was kind of before anybody yes. knew her. And yeah. it was like one of her first award shows and she falls up the stage in her yep. beautiful gown and she gets up and she kind of laughs and dances a little. And then she wasn't a big star at the time. Yeah. But that was the moment the world fell in love with yeah. Jennifer Lawrence. It wasn't because she took that award gracefully and she said the perfect speech. It's She fell and laughed at herself. Exactly. Right. And I think we've just got to have more of that in our life. We've got to have people that do that in our lives. And it just helps everything go together. It's like if we simplify it all down to yeah. weird feeling our way to Jesus together, feeling our way home um, yeah. and helping other people do it. It just, it makes everything simple. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take a moment to check in with yourself, let alone identify what you need from yourself. I know that in my own life, having a regular time to check in with someone else who's going to ask me the hard questions, ask me about my week, ask me about what I'm thinking about, what priorities, what relationships might need to be realigned to create just a little bit more space for me to do my own work is so important. 
Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills to check in on what's kind of cluttering up your mind to help you check in on the messages you're telling yourself, the things you might be subtly starting to believe about yourself or other people that need to be realigned. It can help you take those steps to set better boundaries and to become the best version of yourself. There are just so many reasons that we can all benefit from therapy. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash best of you today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash best of you. Getting high quality food and household essentials delivered right to my doorstep, whether it's my favorite Dave's Killer Bread, incredible wine, or seventh generation cleaning supplies has been a game changer for me. I love that Thrive Market only allows trusted, top-quality ingredients while restricting thousands of harmful ingredients like artificial flavors, high-fructose corn syrup, and more. And with just a few clicks, I can filter out ingredients that I don't want, like gluten or high-sugar content, making it so easy to find the items I need for my family. Best of all, when you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. Save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash best of you for 30% off your first order, plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash best of you. Thrivemarket.com slash best of you. My husband always has this saying, and I love it. He says, we are all sitting at the children's table. And it's kind of true. We're all just sitting at the children's table, trying to muddle our way through. But the point is to use the phrase that you guys use, let's just not leave the table. Let's sit here together. And sometimes it's going to be fun. And sometimes it's going to be super messy. Sometimes we're going to really help each other. And and again, I think this goes without saying, but I am going to say it because I know people will raise it. When there's toxicity, when you're getting, you know, there's that piece, I love Pilgrim's Progress, where they are, you know, harming him. They are, you know, when you are, you know, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about when there's, it's falling into toxicity. That's not that, then it's time to get up and move and get out of the line of fire. We're not talking about shaming each other. We're talking about the messiness of being imperfect humans, trying to muddle our way through friendship and community together. And that that being a lot of what it means that we're bringing heaven to here on earth. We're not going to, you know, go up in the sky. I always think of anti right stuff. We're not going away in the sky to be disembodied spirits where we live in silos. We will be with each other for all eternity. And it will hopefully be a lot easier and a lot lovelier. And so part of that glimpse that we get now is braving the messiness of figuring out how to say that hurt me to a friend or of figuring out how to say I need you to a friend or how to figure out how to pick up the phone and go, I'm not doing okay. And having that friend maybe not handle it correctly, but say, Hey, I really need you to try to get this. That's the work of being a part of this body of Christ, of being in this together. Jenny, what would you want your younger you, that you that got stuck and buried in your pain, what would you want her to know now based on what you've learned at this point in your life? Well, my therapy is about to show. Um, (laughs) I would have so much compassion on her. And I would just be so proud of her. If I could talk to her, I would just say, you know what? You are handling so much and you are doing it really well. And in this season, you're having to be a Navy SEAL. Like that's Navy SEAL Jenny right there. And she's having to survive because every single part of her life was broken and it was not caused by her. And so I just think largely it wasn't. I just... I just feel for her and I'm really proud of her. And I would say it's okay to tell a few people that. It's okay to let that guard down with a few people. And if they don't work out, try a few more. I wish she wasn't so alone. It's interesting. Some of my friends today are going through things almost to the T that I was going through at that time. And again, I talk about some of these things. It's things like my husband was in such a deep depression that he was he was no longer like he couldn't work. He couldn't mm-hmm. he couldn't help. 
Um, I was basically single parenting him and our kids for a mm-hmm. season of life. And it was also a season that um, many, many difficulties were in our life. And so I had to be okay. And I just feel really sad that she felt like she had to do that alone. And I would want her to have people. And it's been so fun to be able to be that friend to people that were me, right? Yeah, I love and that. they are so vulnerable. And I, I feel sorry for that part of me every time we're there for them because mm-hmm. it's so helpful and it's so healing to them. And I'm sad that she didn't have that in the way that, that my friends have that. And it's not obviously not just me. I'm not crying because I'm that good a friend. There's a lot of us around, around this person, but I wish I'd been brave enough to be honest about it because it really does change things. It really does help your heart and your soul and your nervous system. <laughs> yeah. All of it, your brain, it heals. Like I saw this video recently. I will send it to you, Allison, because if you haven't seen it, you'll love it. But it's it's a video of the the neuro, what are they called? The neuropathways. Mm-hmm. It's it's two neuropathways finding each other. And they're working so hard. But it just, it'll just melt your heart because it's just a close-up on these little and it doesn't look like they're gonna find each other and connect, but they do. And anyone that's been listening for a while, I'm sure. You have talked about this, that that actually heals our neuropathways or Dr. Kurt Thompson has, because he teaches me this, those little, little guys like actually come back together and, and work better and like places in our brain reconnect. And, and so I really don't believe we are built in such a way to heal without people. We have to have people to heal. God built us that way. And so it's just the way it is. And so you can deny it, but you won't get more healthy. You can pretend it's okay, but you won't heal. When you are safe and seen and soothed with a group of people, wherever and however you get it, it does begin to heal everything about us. I love that. I love that your own compassion for that version of you that was alone is finding a sort of healing in now being able to show up for others, right? And that's, that's the beauty of when we let people in to our pain, where it's not just about us, we're also giving a gift to someone else. They're yes. giving it, right? I feel the gift of it when I'm with my friends that are telling me what they're going through. It just feels like a privilege to yes. be and to hear it and never get tired of it. I really don't. I really just feel the joy of being with someone in their suffering. There really is a joy in it. I can't explain it unless you've it's, lived it. It's holy ground. That's the yes. one. That's the only way I can put it. That's why the work of being a therapist is, you know, it's like, we get to walk into holy ground. You are with, there's something about that moment. And again, it's not that you're happy that someone is going through this. It's painful. But there's something about where someone is being so honest and you're with them in that, that is really close to the heart of God. It It's just sacred soil. So I love that. I love that you're able to empathize with that part of you and allow her to be a part of changing that for others. That's so beautiful. Jenny, what, as we close today, what is, I ask everybody this, what is bringing out the best of you right now? I mean, I know this has been the theme of this show and our conversation, but it's that cohort. I mean, it really is. I I think they have taught me to even enjoy the parts of me that I used to resent or feel ashamed of. And so when you say that, the best parts of you, and I know, and I've read your work, I know that what's bringing out the best in me right now really are those parts that I haven't loved and mm-hmm. I haven't really shown many people on earth, right? And the practice of doing that with people that are fighting for me to do that has been life-changing. And I would say right now too, and I, I'm going to turn this back on you because I would think if I were listening to this, I would want what I have what we're talking about, but I wouldn't know how to get it. And so I would just even turn this back to you because I don't want anyone to leave and hear my story and feel like it's not accessible to them. Yeah. How do we go about helping other people get into these types of friendships? What I always say to people is there's sort of a five-pronged approach. Number one, if you're really hurting, and as you said, Jenny, as it's been so hard for you, get a therapist. That's the best place to start because you're going to learn to work through why it's been hard for you to be in healthy relationships while you're in a healthy relationship. You can't learn it by yourself. You have to have someone. That's what therapists are for. So get a therapist, number one, to just anchor you in your goal. Make that your therapeutic goal. I want to learn 
how to have healthy friendships with other people. And you can also get, you know, in other intentional relationships like that, that are more one way. I always talk about one way relationships where it's a therapeutic relationship or a mentoring relationship or a pastoring relationship where someone's pouring into you. The goal being though, to learn how to have healthy two way relationships, these two way friendships. And then I am a big proponent of, and that's why I love these confessional communities. I think there are other ways to do them of structuring them. And so if you don't have a, you know, we could, we've talked a little bit about confessional communities. What I do in my own life is I have different Zoom calls with different friends. I have a monthly Zoom call with my sister and my two childhood best friends. We don't live in the same part of the country. We have to have that on the calendar where we are regularly, we don't have a fancy structure for it. We know how to go deep together. You know, so that's if you've got those friends, get it on the calendar, be intentional about it. And then there's the whole kind of middle ground of just naming things. Someone you like to walk with, someone you go to the grocery store with, naming, hey, could we be intentional about going a little bit deeper together? I'm reading this book or I listen to this podcast. Would you be willing to listen to it with me? Let's talk about, you know, naming something with folks. Because a lot of times we're sitting there talking to somebody and we're both shooting the breeze about things that don't matter. And we both are longing to go deeper. We don't know how to do it. So just be the one to name that. Share, find your people. Share this podcast. I want to do this more intentionally. Just start talking about it. There's so many different ways to do it. Mm, I love that. Yeah, it's been so fun because the book has been out for about a year. Find Your People has and. How many people became friends just by reading the book together? You know, like, I think there is something so special and beautiful of just saying, hey, would you want to do this together? I love that one because maybe I pictured it after it was done barely. But, you know, I wrote the book challenging people to go do this, not thinking that people would come around the very material and actually become friends. So exactly. I think you're right. I think sometimes we just need someone's help to start the conversation in a deeper way. And maybe that's, that's where you and I can come in with resources of, here, like do this and just, it'll help. It'll help you go deeper. It'll help you. We'll link to the book. It's a great book. It has all sorts of practical tips on how to gather people, how to find friends, how to keep them. I have an article I will link to um, seven ways to increase your support network that teaches you how to get a therapist because that can be hard all the way through just beefing up different ways of getting support. We'll link to all that. We're going to continue on in this series Jenny, thank you. Thank you for sharing so much of yourself. Thank you for doing this work behind the scenes that informs everything you put in front of us. We are so grateful for you. Thank you. So good to see you, Allison. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of The Best of You. It would mean so much if you take a moment to subscribe. You can go to Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts and click the plus or follow button. That will ensure you don't miss an episode and it helps get the word out to others. While you're there, I'd love it if you leave your five-star review. I look forward to seeing you back here next Thursday. And remember, as you become the best of who you are, you honor God, you heal others, and you stay true to your God-given self.